Welcome to the Undefeated Podcast with Sara. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with Him in seeing His kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. A couple of days ago, I was at a doctor's office and then was sent straight to the lab to get some routine blood work done. And everything is okay, thank the Lord. But as I was sitting in the waiting room in the lab, I all of a sudden realized that I had my shirt on inside out. (laughs) And I kind of laughed because uh, it was very obvious that it was inside out. And I thought that the people around there must have been kind of looking at me and thinking that there's a reason why this lady needs some medical help. Uh, But what's even funnier is that moments after that, a friend of mine sends me a text message and she writes, uh, I just got to the gym and onto the treadmill, bent over to tie my shoe and realized I have my pants on inside out. I mean, what a random coincidence. Like, what are the chances that both of us would wear our clothes inside out the same day? And (laughs) this random funny coincidence made me think of uh, a song by Misty Edwards that has this phrase that it's the inside outside upside down kingdom where you lose to gain and you die to live. And I had actually just quoted that song last week in one of my Instagram posts uh, with a video of me walking on my hands just because I thought it was funny to demonstrate the upside down kingdom with a handstand. Uh, So I thought this is just a great moment to talk about this inside outside upside down kingdom. And I want to start by reading the lyrics of Misty's song or at least some of the lyrics. So it starts by saying that I want to be your lover, show me how to go lower, for in the depths I will find you where you are serving my brother. I want to be with you where you are and you are the servant of all. I'm in love with the king who became a slave. I'm in love with the God who is humble. You gotta go down if you want to go up. You gotta go lower if you want to go higher and higher. You gotta hide and do it in secret if you want to be seen by God. It's the inside, outside, upside down kingdom where you lose to gain and you die to live. And so on. Um, but uh, this song, like, it just made me think of the fact that I, I feel like in our like modern day Christianity, we have often become like almost I would say too comfortable where we are at and also like we have become so good at 
having our own boundaries that we can so easily drift far from God's original model for us on how to live. And I, I totally understand that there is a place for teaching boundaries. And I know that in the name of Christianity, a lot of people have just become other people's doormats and put everybody else's needs before they own so much so that they have completely burned out. And, and that wasn't Jesus's example either. Like Jesus actually also took care of himself and, and he took time and often like withdrew from the crowds just that he could spend time with the father and, and have his own soul refreshed. But I think in our efforts to bring healthy boundaries and protect ourselves from being used by other people, it's, it's so easy to go into the arrow of forgetting that ministry is actually all about serving, serving God and serving people. And I like that in my mother language in Finnish, we actually don't even have the word ministry. Uh, instead, we use the same word as serving. And uh, <laughs> so if you want to be in ministry, you are actually called to be serving. And if you are a disciple or a follower of Jesus, you are also called to be serving. And I was thinking of this whole concept of the kingdom of God being the upside down kingdom and, and how the whole gospel actually seems like foolishness to this world. And like in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, there's the passage, I'll just read um, from verse 21 from onwards from NIV, um, says that, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And also in, um, in John 12, Jesus talks about the whole concept of... Um, 
us dying to ourselves. Uh, I'll, I'll just read from John 12, 24 through 26, where he says that very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servants also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. And actually, I want to read this one also from the Passion Translation, because it's written in such a powerful, beautiful way there too. So it says that, let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat all because one grain died. The person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever. If you want to be my disciple, follow me and you will go where I am going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the father will shower his favor upon your life. Wow. That's so powerful. And, and also, uh, Jesus says in Luke 14, um, verses 26 through 27, that if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me, cannot be my disciple and the passion translation says the same verse that uh, when you follow me as my disciple you must put aside your father your mother your wife your sisters your brothers it will even seem as though you hate your own life this is the price you'll pay to be considered one of my followers Anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. Wow, and these may sound like really harsh words um, about following Jesus, um, but the truth is that <laughs> the true, true happiness uh, does not actually come from living for yourself anyway. And uh, uh, I was, I'm laughing. I know this is a serious topic, but I was just to make this a little lighter, uh, the whole delivery of this message, I, I was thinking, um, did you guys know where the happiest people in the world are? Well, apparently <laughs> there's a research uh, that says that the happiest people in the world are Da, 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 da. in Finland. <laughs> I'm not even ki kidding. Uh, well, and I don't know if I agree with the research, 
But I feel kind of proud to say that apparently for the third year in a row, Finland, my home country, has placed at the top of the list as the happiest country in the world this year. So one might ask, why did I ever leave Finland? <laughs> well, uh, even though I'm obviously joking, and I mean, I'm not joking about this research. It's, you can Google it. It's a very real one. Um, it was, I'm, I'm actually going to read just a little bit of it. It says that the annual World Happiness Report has just been released time to the UN's annual International Day of Happiness, which was on March 20th. Uh, for the third day in a row, Finland has placed at the top of the list as the happiest country in the world, with Denmark coming in second, followed by Switzerland, which pushed Norway out of the top three this year. And while it seems like a strange time to be evaluating happiness, the editors of the report point out that challenging times can actually increase happiness. The global pandemic poses great risks for some of the main supports for well-being, most especially health and income, the editors explain. As revealed by earlier studies of earthquakes, floods, storms, tsunamis, and even economic crisis, a high-trust society quite naturally looks for and finds cooperative ways to work together to repair the damage and rebuild better lives. This has led some surprise led sometimes to surprising increases in happiness in the wake of what might otherwise seem to be disasters. Uh, uh, I don't actually, I don't really even know who, who wrote this, but uh, you can Google, Google it. Uh, this is more like just for the humor factor. But um, I still find it interesting that even in this whatever secular research, I don't even know how they actually measured people's happiness, but it shows that people's happiness doesn't actually come from the outward circumstances. And I also don't think it comes from living in a country, just to be clear, in a specific country, even though I do think that Finland is a great place to live. Um, but I don't think your happiness will come. I don't think the solution is that everybody should move to Finland. But <laughs> I believe that the most fulfilling, happy place for every human being is living in God's plan and in his calling for your life. And, and that's obviously the reason why I left Finland. I didn't go to look for happiness. I I started traveling because of the call of God in my life and I followed his call. And also I wanted to point out that happiness is actually an inside job, that there's no outside circumstances that can maintain a state of happiness. I believe that besides living in your God-given calling and actually following Jesus, following where he is leading you, that true happiness comes from your heart being constantly connected with God, but also being connected with the people around you, which I think was an interesting part of this article that I just quoted, uh, that it was actually mentioning the connection with other people. And... Uh, and again, like I do know that some people 
are called to specific geographical locations and and even to specific people groups and but i i think most people can actually operate in their god-given calling no matter where they are geographically located and um also as a side note i i think people around you actually matter often so much so that sometimes you don't find your calling until you find your people and uh and not so much finding the people who you're supposed to be ministering to but the people you are supposed to be ministering with and doing life with um and i believe that god is wanting to bring divine partnerships and connection uh for each one of us um because nobody's called to be doing life or doing ministry to do ministry alone that uh Jesus is wanting us to be connected to his body and as another side note uh before you get too caught up on how do you find your calling and your people that God is actually so kind and gracious that he won't let you miss it unless you're like on purpose running away from it like Jonah but even then he can send a whale to swallow you and put you back on track <laughs> i recently heard somebody say that when god put a calling on your life he already factored in your stupidity which <laughs> i think that's a very good quote to know that god actually already he knows how he's created you and he knows how to get your attention So I honestly believe that if you are wanting to follow God's call for your life, you are not going to miss it and that the key is just to stay close to his heart and and stay close to his people and stay connected to his body. Um and and that that is actually the place uh where you will you will find also the true happiness where you will find the connection. And going back to this theme of happiness, when I was a kid, I was told that in the Beatitudes, where Jesus uses the word "blessed," where where he's saying like, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven," and "Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted," and and so on and so forth. But uh, I was told that the word "blessed" there actually means more than happy. And well that's at least what my Sunday school teacher used to tell me anyway. I haven't honestly done my own <laughs> deep research on that. But I was just reading um the beatitudes from the passion translation and uh I I'm, I'm going to read this for you guys too. So it's from Matthew 5 verses 3 uh through 12 from the passion translation. So it says, "What happiness comes to you when you feel your spiritual poverty? For yours is the realm of heaven's kingdom. What delight comes to you when you wait upon the Lord? For you will find what you long for. What blessing comes to you when gentleness lives in you? For you will inherit the earth. How enriched you are!" when you crave righteousness for you will be satisfied how blessed you are when you demonstrate tender mercy 
for tender mercy will be demonstrated to you. What bliss you experience when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will open to see more and more of God. How joyful you are when you make peace, for then you will be recognized as a true child of God. How enriched you are when persecuted for doing what is right, for then you experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. How blessed you are when people insult and persecute you and speak all kinds of cruel lies about you because of your love for me. So leap for joy, since your heavenly reward is great, for you are being rejected the same way the prophets were before you. Wow. And uh, so when you live truly according to the kingdom values, it will rattle people's cages. And Jesus wasn't you know, walking around trying not to offend people. <laughs> he came full of grace and truth. And, uh, but he, so he didn't walk around saying that anything goes and always lead to God. No, he was very clear. He said that he is the way, the truth and the life, and that he's the only way to the father. And, uh, and he's the one who actually sets people free and when you truly follow Jesus and live according to his values, it will upset people around you because they will have to choose whether they're going to be in the light or in the darkness. And I actually, I like how the, <laughs> the Passion Translation also puts uh, the verse in Act 17, um, where people are saying this about the followers of Jesus. It says that, those troublemakers who have turned the world upside down have come here to your our city. <laughs> so again, here it's talking about how the, the followers of Jesus, they are turning the world upside down. Uh, and uh, another aspect that I wanted to bring up this week is that uh, the kingdom of God not only is the upside down, but also it's the inside outside kingdom. And what it means to me is that we actually, we should always be the same on the inside as on the outside. And I'm talking about integrity. And, and actually, no one can sustain a lifestyle where you are something else on the inside than what you're trying to perform on the outside. Uh, because that's going to get very exhausting and eventually what's actually on the inside will come out. And that's why what is on the inside of us in our hearts, it actually matters so much. It matters so much more than our outside appearance. And um, Jesus said in Matthew 23, um, I'll read this from NIV verses 25 through 28, that. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you're hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. 
Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hip- hypocrisy and wickedness. Yeah, and and that's why also like, you know, it's all over the scripture in Proverbs 4.23. It says that above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Um, and the Passion Translation says the same verse that so above all Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. And uh, and guarding our hearts, it is so, so important. And, uh, and actually like allowing the kingdom of God Uh, to be real from the inside out that the life comes from the inside out and and I'm not talking about introspection um, but I'm talking about really allowing the Holy Spirit to shine his light into our heart and soul into our whole innermost being and and I think I will share a little bit more about this whole theme on uh, guarding our hearts next week um because this one, this episode is already getting so long, but I, I wanted to wrap this episode up with a prophetic word that a prophet friend of mine, uh, his name is Nate Johnston. He just posted this yesterday on his social media. And I, um, I feel like a lot of you have been in the season where you have surrendered and like metaphorically let the seed die like, I, I read that um, passage earlier about that one seed, unless you let it die, you can't produce uh, uh, the fruit. And um, But I feel like a lot of you have been in the place where uh, you feel like, you know, you have been seeing the kingdom of heaven and uh, you have uh, really surrendered before the Lord, and but you haven't seen the harvest or the fruit yet and you've only seen the place of actually like feeling like you have uh like felt the pain of death of letting go of things and um and I felt like this word uh yeah that it's just so so spot on for this season I'm not gonna read the whole word you can read it from from his uh Instagram but uh I'll just read the first part of it so um here we go so he goes the tension of this moment is that we are in the process of unless a seed falls to the ground and dies uh, from John 12, 24. And many have been experiencing the pain of the death of what didn't come and what didn't work out. You have been experiencing the grief of what has felt like a death to dreams and promises because they have been delayed and the waiting season that has been crushing. It's felt like a season of bearing and laying to rest personal promises and things that you never imagined you would have to say goodbye to. It's been a time of your heart having to reconcile areas of closure 
that you have been trying to hold on to and surrendering deep places of devastation to God that you have been soul sick over. But you have only seen the end but not the new beginning. You have only felt the pain of letting go and not the glorious revealing about to take place. Now watch what begins to come up from the ground, from the place of death, from your place of grief and loss. Watch what God brings back to life. Watch what he does through your surrender. Many have said in this season, after everything I have done, it still looks lost. But there is something coming that you can't orchestrate or have anticipated. You've done what you can do. Now this is where you watch God do what only he can do. You tried everything to keep that old thing alive and breathe life into dry bones, but to no avail. Now watch as the four winds of God blows upon your life, cleansing you, healing you and resurrect something brand new. You will realize that the death to the seed was needed so that the new life could come forth and the bearing of the old had to be done so that something new could emerge. Wow. And, and this word actually continues. Uh, but I'm just going to wrap it up here. Wow. And, and I just, <laughs> wow, I'm getting so wrecked by this word. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just thank you, Jesus, that you are resurrection and life. Yeah. And thank you, Jesus, that we can never outgive you. We can never give you more than what you are going to give back to us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, God. And I thank you just for the mystery of your kingdom. Yeah, and I, I thank you, God, that uh, your kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and that that is our portion in every single season that we get to partake in your righteousness, your peace and your joy. Yeah, Lord, no matter where we are at on our journeys. Yeah, and I, I just thank you, God. I thank you that you're wanting to come and refresh hearts. Yeah, you're wanting to come and refresh even our physical bodies. Yeah, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome the fullness of your presence. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. And I thank you for your perfect timing in our lives, God. Yeah, we, we want to be your kingdom carriers, Lord. Lord, we choose to go low. Yeah. Lord, we choose to be with you where you are. Yeah, we want to be your followers. Yeah, Lord, wherever you go, we want to go with you. Yeah, we give you full permission with our hearts, with our lives, that you are our master. We are your followers, God. Yeah, we surrender every part, every part of our lives to you. Yeah, thank you, God. I thank you that you are such a good leader. Yeah, thank you, God. 
thank you god yeah we we really just we give you permission to lead yeah because you see the bigger picture lord in even in areas where we can't fully see yet i thank you that we can trust your heart and that we can trust that you know what you're doing yeah thank you lord thank you lord yeah in jesus name we pray amen